Untitled Van Life Project podcast. I am Amy and I've got Caleb with me right here and we have an awesome friend here with us today. He is going to be a part of our Campfire Chats series, which our Campfire chat series um, we wanted to create just to talk with our friends about travel, life, who they are as people, um, just kind of as if we were sitting around a campfire together chatting we are not sitting around a campfire by the way we're it's it's early in the morning and we're drinking tea outside Mm -hmm. Uh, and we haven't had a campfire this whole season so yeah it's not the time for campfires right now but you know we can still talks maybe okay so we need to change it to tea talks yeah and the tea can stand for tea or tequila or it can stand for travis yeah our guest today and i'm the only one welcome uh (laughs) travis and ayla yes ayla's here as well um Travis has become a good friend to us. He's actually um, the person that we bought our van from, so it's pretty cool to get to see him and be around him with with our van that used to be his home for, like, what, three years? Uh, yeah, just over three years. Yeah. So I think we're going to learn a lot today. And yeah. just, I don't know, I'm excited about this conversation. Well, it's just so cool that our first guest could be the guy that built out the van. Yeah. That's think, another because thing. Because that's a huge question we get all the time in van life is like, mm-hmm. hey, did you guys build this out yourself? And we tell everyone yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they knew within five minutes that I have no knowledge of being able to do that, nor desire. No, but yeah, you did it. You did build out the van we're living in mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. which is an awesome story. And um, yeah, and we benefited from it. So thank you. And welcome yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it, and it's been cool. Like, you have documented it way better than I have really? already in, like, <laughs> a few months. Um, yeah, because I, uh, getting into the van, I was, like, not doing it for van life, uh, per se, because it wasn't, like, as much of a thing in 2015 when I started, like, thinking about making some sort of transition, um, and then 2016 when I bought it. Originally, I was going to do a teardrop trailer, uh, was like my thought because I, I had basically been just like car camping out of my Pontiac vibe. Um, you wanted to just buy a teardrop? Yeah, I was going to buy a teardrop trailer uh-huh. or I was looking at like the, I think it's like a Ford Flex or something. It's like this big boxy SUV and I was like, yeah. I would be more comfortable to sleep in the back of than like putting my seat down in my vibe and um, didn't have Ayla at the time. So it was just me. But Ayla is his dog, by the way. Did we mention yep. that? Justin. You mentioned she's here, but I don't think it was human versus dog <laughs> definitive say, yeah. on what it, what she is. Yeah, what? Uh, Travis is a human. Yes. In case yep. you were wondering. And Ayla is my Ayla's, puppy. Ayla's the dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, wasn't sure. Like what I wanted to do, all I was sure of was uh, I had had a lot of like really good experiences camping. Um, I had been living up in Tahoe as a caretaker at a mountain lodge for a nonprofit um, and knew after that i'd moved to san diego uh over some health stuff um to be closer to a hospital there but then took a job that had me traveling internationally um after like being like mega poor for a little bit uh with the hospital stuff and like i didn't have time to work real jobs so i was like bussing tables and driving for lyft which is not where i wanted to be at 26 with like a college degree and Mm -hmm. like but that was uh the available options for a few months there but then I got a job um, through a connection I'd had from a volunteer situation in college and was traveling internationally uh, kind of working in this tech communications type company um, for a bunch of big corporations which was a 
big switch from nonprofit world and counseling and all those sort of things to traveling the world for like uh, a bunch of like uh, Fortune 50 companies, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but I was like coming back to San Diego and I was like, rent is dumb. I'm here like <laughs> a <Retweet>. week. Retweet <laughs> a week total. Rent is dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm here like a week total every month and I'm paying rent. And then thankfully, uh, I had a buddy who was just like, well, rent out my room uh, or like a room in my uh, house. And then he bought a boat and then I was just like living up on the deck of the boat and that was super cool. Um, but yeah, I was like, I, rent is not like, doesn't make sense for me because I'm mm-hmm. basically paying, you know, a thousand bucks or more a month. Or I think my rent ranged in San Diego because I moved around a bunch uh, from 750 to like 1200 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm basically renting out a, a super expensive storage shed for my not a lot of things because I could still, and even when I was back, I was just packing up my Pontiac Vibe and like going to Yosemite or going to uh, Joshua Tree or to Mojave and uh, just getting out because that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I was thinking of a more permanent solution of living on the road. Uh, teardrop trailer seemed like a good option and then I was back in Tahoe visiting um, with the family that I had lived with after I got sick and uh, he was a lawyer she was a city planner they had a kid and I was like you know it's just like super adventurous Tahoe family but they're very responsible so I like looked up to them and I was kind of nervous about like here's my idea to like live <laughs> in a vehicle and be like on the road full time or you know in a teardrop and I uh, shared it with Jamie um she was the uh she's like my she's like not quite a mom not quite a sister like not quite <laughs> a aunt. friend she's family. like family but an like aunt. yeah I look up to him a lot a mom and a sister and aunt but just like yeah they had like taken me in when I got sick the husband Jason was pretty much like I was living alone at this lodge and I knew them through like a person of a person through the nonprofit, and I was like eating dinner somewhere one time and they were there and he was just like oh I heard what you're going through when you're gonna move in like come hang out move in and I was like thought he was joking and then like the next time he was like so when are you like moving your stuff do you need me to come up there and like pick up your things like to come and i was like i don't even know this guy like who is he and then like the third time things had like started to get really rough for me and he's like so when you're moving in i was like are you serious like because i could actually use to be around people because yeah i was like very isolated so and he's like let me come grab your things and he did and i moved in lived with him for the summer but Mm. i was back up visiting um talking with jamie and i'm like man they're probably gonna think i'm like crazy or you know making a bad decision and i told her i was like jamie i think like yeah i'm traveling all the time when i'm back like i don't want to pay rent i think uh, you know either getting a big uh suv type that i can like sleep in the back of or a teardrop and she just looks at me she's like you don't want to do that and i was like oh here's like the first person (laughs) of many who's like not gonna like think this is a good idea um and she's like you definitely don't want a teardrop or like any of these things she's like well because how are you gonna ever stealth (laughs) i was like what do you mean stealth she's like how are you gonna be in a place if you don't want someone to know that you're in there she's like you want a van and you want something you can stand up in um you want to be comfortable if you're gonna do this and i was like this is like the most established person i know who like has a home in tahoe and she's just like giving me like sage dirtbag advice Um, (laughs) are you gonna stealth and so then i yeah i googled which uh, is a big key Mm. Is awesome. yeah mm. it really is so i googled uh 
best car to build tiny home inside of. <laughs> um, and immediately, like, cargo vans. Is that why you Googled it? No, like, I didn't know. Because like, I didn't ever Google that. Probably. I didn't Google van life. Yeah. Um, but I just, like, I, I don't know. I just asked the question. And then, like, uh, some stuff had come up of people that, like, had built their own campers out of, like, uh, cargo vans. And, um, and I wasn't sold on a high roof right away because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, well, I was thinking about a teardrop or like some SUV, like I don't need this Standing high roof. up wasn't like a... wasn't a thing. And the, the vans just, that you could stand up in were significantly more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started looking around and going to dealerships, um, like used places, and ran into so many sketchy dealers who were like trying to sell, you know, just like vans that were like so seemed overpriced because they were trying yeah. to sell them to companies. Um, but then I got in, there was like this fleet of like solar uh, company vehicles that were like this kind of like ugly green color. <laughs> they were all, all like treated like crap, dense, everything. And they were all low roofs, but I got into one and there was like Dorito bag wrappers like stuffed in the sides and like cigarettes <laughs> all over. And I was like, this has not been taken care of. And I also like couldn't stand up and I immediately realized like I want you something yeah. I can stand up in. Yeah. Um, if at all possible, because there's going to be a huge quality of life difference if I'm hunched mm, over all the mm-hmm. time versus standing up. So that's how uh, I ended up with the van you guys have now, which is a 2006 Dodge 3500. Um, and I liked that it was blue. <laughs> but, I love that. I love that. Yeah, a, su- a few of them sold out right from underneath me, and that's where I was like, man. And they were selling to, like, electricians and plumbers and stuff. So I kind of knew I needed to go in cash offer uh and like just say yes and kind of take that risk mm-hmm. um so how long was the process of like you saying this is what i want to pursue till you buying it about a month when i knew i wanted to get the van because i was still traveling and working for the time so the story behind this van is i don't know i think i may have been in nashville when i found it or vegas was in nashville or san diego i was like doing a a series of events where it was like san diego nashville um and vegas and then i was going to be in washington dc i believe or no i can't I, i was somewhere in new england and then went to dc and then took a train to philadelphia and then took an uber to new jersey (laughs) <laughs> to and it was like some back road um where i had found this van on craigslist i believe but he was um, selling it just yeah he was selling it so i showed up with like uh had put a 500 deposit down and then uh-huh. showed up uh with the check and signed the papers and like started driving again to vegas because i had an event there from new jersey um so your first trip was like long it was long <laughs> and living uh, out of the van on that trip at the time, there was two captain's chairs in the back yeah. and a bench seat that folded down, mm-hmm. and it had, like, East Coast Jetpack Rentals. It was, like, the sticker on the side of it because <laughs> it was a jetpack company, uh, which was, like, the jet it's skis so cool. to, like, the hose that's, like, to the jetpack on your back. You, you like, can, like, fly around. Yeah, water, so they towed those. Um, that was, like, their company, uh, which I don't think – was very successful. Did those stay around? They, I haven't heard about those in a while. Uh, <laughs> I've just seen like bad crashes. Packs. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, some bad crashes. But uh, yeah, so that was the history of this van. I think it was like I was a third owner. I think, um, and it was like carpentry, carpentry, 
jetpack than me. Carpentry, jetpack, Travis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. Your dog's nice name's Jet, but I took all the stickers off on the side, no. and you can might maybe see still like the, the outline of it in the sun. But for a while, it's just said Jet on the side of it. Probably not with um, all the dirt on the side right now. But yeah. <laughs> maybe but, one day. Yeah, that's how I got into it, and then started building it out while I lived on the boat in San Diego. Um, just on the side of the street and like had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. Did you uh, have any like carpentry experience? I had built a bird box in seventh grade and Word. then I built <laughs> yes. like a bench for my friends. That was like actually a really nice outdoor bird box like two tiered bench That's like in San Diego. To bench to van? Yeah. To van build? <laughs> but, so where was your idea for the ins- like the inside come? Did, did you like Google? The out? Iwani Lodge in Yosemite. I really like love that lodge and mm-hmm. I was like I want to feel like this cozy because i was like okay in an unreal world where money is no object what would i do and i was like i would have a small like little beach shack in san diego and i would have a small little home in the mountains in colorado and then i'd have a small little home in uh truckee california or in the mountains near there and i like a cabin feel uh-huh. like that's like the coziest thing um and the Iwani was, like, this giant majestic cabin. And very quickly, I was like, well, I can't do, like, huge beams in <laughs> yeah. this van. And uh, But I was like, I can make it look like a little log cabin. Um, and I also wanted it to, uh, with, like, one to three candles, like, light up really nicely on the inside with yeah. no electricity. That was, like, what I, like, I wanted to have electricity, but I wanted the, so you had a vision. the feel on the inside yeah. to feel like log cabin reading by candlelit at, candlelight at night. Um, so that's what I kind of set out to do and i, I knew would give you an a plus on that yeah i think you hit those vibes <laughs> yeah definitely pretty perfectly yeah so i knew live edge and uh mixed woods and um just like that darker feel is what i wanted mm-hmm. to do um which, which is pretty different than a lot of vans i've seen i yeah. feel like most of them are very white on yes the inside. and the outside yeah. and the outside you're like right your current van. yeah my, right. my current van you're currently living in a van too it's a basic sprinter uh, <laughs> which I, with all the, like the windows and stuff my friend pointed out he's like it looks kind of like a spaceship like if you like yeah. it, if you pointed it like laid it on its like, butt yeah. and like pointed it to the sky it's totally it would look like a little yeah, NASA it does look like that when I you put when NASA I saw on the side it would look just that. like a you little spaceship you should paint NASA that would be a cool little yeah idea. Uh, or Space Force or something I don't know <laughs> yeah. people would be like are you in the Space Force uh, so going into the van life then how were you feel? like were you how were you feeling personally? Like, were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you everything? Like, I get, yeah. How were you feeling in that beginning phases? Well, I was 26 at the time and had already had a track record of kind of doing my own thing. Um, and not really worrying almost to a fault now that I look back on it about like what other people think. Mm -hmm. Uh, but not in a way that I don't care about what people think. I think that's, like, a really popular thing. and be like, oh, F what other people say and, like, don't care. And it's like, I care so much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. But I don't care if they don't agree. Mm. But I care about them and how their feelings are. And, like, what yes. they're, you know, if they're looking at me and not understanding. I don't like care you know that, that they... they are thinking. Yeah, I don't care. There's a connection that... with that in yeah. you. So, yeah, you honor that. I don't care that they don't understand or they don't agree with it because they don't understand, but I do want them to understand. I'm mm-hmm. not like, oh, F that person, because they probably have a good point sometimes. They just don't understand Yeah. yet. Yeah. So 
But yeah, I think that I really think there's something there with like people saying, you know, oh, I don't care what other people think. I do think we all want to just have an understanding of each other. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we totally do. Like, because you want to be accepted, but you don't want to be judged. Be judged, but you also don't want to mold yourself into a situation where you are accepted. You'd want to be accepted for yourself, but you also yeah yeah, yeah. you don't want to conform to be accepted. Yeah, and I, and I feel like around in van life a lot, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily find their place um, or who haven't yet mm-hmm. uh, in general society um, or like what's a normal, more normal path. Um, and I just base normal off of like what the majority of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've listened to a lot of people say, like, oh, I just don't get along with people, and I don't like cities, and I don't like this, and I don't like this, and and I totally get it. Um, but I kind of had this conversation with someone at a van life meetup, and I was like, well, if you're having all these bad experiences um, in these places, maybe it's, like, what you're bringing to it, and that you are just saying, you're, like, kind of counting it out right away of like mm-hmm. oh this isn't gonna work and I, mo- a lot of my friends and I, I get along pretty well with about anybody because I'll go into a situation understanding like we're different and this is different but what good can I have here and mm-hmm. what like good can come from this situation what good can I bring to it um but so like, what good can you bring to it and then also what good can the other people bring to it that you can yeah. take with you what could I potentially be counting them out from yeah. like bringing me because I am saying I'm different and I don't get along well here and no like I don't <laughs> you're fine Ayla <laughs> you take your stick and be done all done go play thank you um but yeah like what good can come from this situation and you know uh as I dip in and out of different scenarios like how can I create my own that's also like a hospitable welcoming place to other people so when they come to you know see my side of things they're not like oh i just don't fit in here and it's like Mm -hmm. well i want you to fit in with like the six feet of six feet of space around me and like this be a comfortable space for you in the same way when i go to your place i want that to be you know no matter Mm -hmm. how different our lives are so i think that's like the very serious way to say it but like i really liken to uh the character craig middlebrooks on parks and rec when uh, yes. he's he's like I can't remember the exact scene but he's like the super loud like enthusiastic very opinionated person uh-huh. and he's like getting very upset by something <laughs> I feel like you could do his voice pretty well too <laughs> I don't know but uh, I can't remember what the situation was he was in but someone's like you just need to not care and he's like well he calls it like a disease or illness he goes I have a disease and it's incurable and it's that I care too much yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I can't remember exactly the line. It was a lot funnier than that. But he's basically like, yeah, I care a lot about what people think, and I can't not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it, I don't think that's a fault. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it can be sometimes uh, when it comes to wanting to please people. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of makes you like this u- more universal person who can just like fit in a lot of situations. Yeah. So You're just um, aware of other people being different from you. And yeah, totally and you're aware of, like, what they're feeling. So yeah. if you're uncomfortable and you're just, like, demanding that everyone else fits into your comfort zones, you're uh-huh. probably doing to them what you don't want them to do to you. You're not yeah. accepting them. You're saying, oh, your life is different than mine. And, and there's that, like, I get it all the time. It's, like, people, like, you live in a van and you're doing, like, all these amazing things, and they'll, like, point out the one thing that would make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, like, uh, there's a picture of the van and the bookshelf in the back, like, uh, got all over the internet once and this dude's like haven't you ever heard of a tablet 
And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I have heard of a tablet. I actually have one of those. It's like in the bookshelf too. Um, I use it to put the books I like on when I travel, like on airplanes. Are you sticking it more to the tablet or the bookshelf when the tablet's on the bookshelf? Uh, <laughs> wait, what? I said, who are you sticking it to more with the tablet on yeah. the bookshelf? Yeah. The, the tablet, tablet or the bookshelf? But uh, And then he's like, well, you're supposed to be a minimalist. And I was like, <laughs> you're supposed to be. I was like, okay. Uh, if 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 like we're going on like you need to be minimalist to live in a van like I'm just gonna like sit on the floor with a gallon of water and like some protein or, two. or something and yeah. a loincloth yeah maybe. like you don't need it and people are like what's the one part you couldn't and, like conversely like mm-hmm. people are like what's the one thing you couldn't do van life without and I'm like a van uh, <laughs> like, that's the only thing that's the only requirement Rested. but then like, I like that. you have the yeah. space and I like books and so. In that sense, it's like, I don't want to be that person that's, like, pointing out, like, well, why are you doing this? Yeah. And I also hate people that, are, like, really dislike it when people are, like, so accusatory, like, you're wasting your life working behind the desk. And it's like, for one-third of the day, they have a job that maybe, like, maybe they want to have a family. Maybe yeah. they want, mm-hmm. like, a reliable vehicle. I mean, it's <laughs> always just that understanding piece, you know? Yeah. Just, like, if you sat down and talked with people... Instead of just immediately coming to these conclusions, yeah. I think you would understand yeah. why they do what they do or why yeah. so, they are the way they are more. Yeah, when you like care about what people think, it allows you to accept them for who they are um, mm-hmm. and not have them be defensive. Mm-hmm. And then you don't need to be defensive. Like if, it, if no one wants to do what I do, that's perfectly fine. I don't think a lot of people would enjoy it. Um, and I think they could do it in the same sense that like I might not enjoy aspects of their life, but I could do it. And I could yeah. Do it. So in that sense, it's like, uh, van life is very much just like a comfort zone thing um, that you have to expand yours. And uh, even before van life and all these things, like I'd worked in group homes and I'd like gone and been voluntarily homeless to like kind of see what that was like from their perspective. And I'd biked across a bunch of states and done like a different, like a lot of different volunteering things. And then traveling for work, they always sent me to like the tough countries that was hard to navigate around. And and people so many people are just like i can't do that i could not do that and it's like you are biologically capable of surviving these situations um so it's not that you can't but i understand like you're not that you wouldn't want to wouldn't put yourself so when people like i've like purposefully never answered the where do you go to the bathroom or how do you shower Mm -hmm. because it's like these are such like arbitrary things to me that like they don't matter that much like i always tell people i don't tell them like how i get clean but i was like if you had your shower taken away but you had like someone challenge you to get clean you could Could you do it could you do this and it's like yes you totally can (laughs) it looks different it's less comfortable i've gotten a brain freeze from taking a shower (laughs) you know Uh, but but then i ended up clean we've Um, talked about is like van life has forced us to be more creative in our solutions you know like showering or using the restroom or whatever it's like you don't have the what you've done for the last 30 years of your life so you just have to get creative and like yeah. i know i can do this i should yeah. do it a different way and yeah. believe me i do love indoor plumbing and i love those <laughs> like those things are so nice um but i kind of have come to the conclusion that in this period of time in my life like i uh don't want to base what i do with 99% of my day based off the one, like, Having 1% of time. So, like, yeah. yeah, like, I probably spend 1% of my day going to the bathroom. I don't want my life to revolve around that 1%. Yeah. I'm yeah. fine being uncomfortable or less comfortable 
um, or more resourceful or whatever it is during oh, that one. Pooping in the woods is pretty comfortable. Honestly, I don't like point. it. You but, don't like it? <laughs> no, like, I mean, it's like you I gotta find your position in general. We do the Asian, right? And this is yeah. something that like every one of my friends knows. Uh, another reason why I don't talk about it. I hate first like ever since I was a kid. I I dislike gross things. I dislike <laughs> gross smells. I don't think poo humor is funny at all. And I get that everyone else does. We're opposites they, there. I'm sorry. I, yeah, everyone turns the opposite to me. But I just think it's like the lowest hanging fruit of comedy <laughs> and laughing. And so it's like, come on, guys, we can do better than this. <laughs> but yeah, have a it's, higher standard of. If you've ever excellence. seen me like clean up after Ayla takes goes to the bathroom like i'm better now but like my gag reflex is like not great mm. and so you can like i can deal with blood and broken bones and injuries and i'm fine there but like that's one thing about like having kids one day i know i'll do it and i'll be fine but i'm like gonna struggle with diapers and stuff like that like i just don't like that so that's one other reason why i don't like go in depth and detail about this stuff but I kind of just like in my head. I don't black out that period of day time yeah. of my life, or yeah, like yeah. every day or whatever. But I don't focus on it. It's not <laughs> what I base my life off of. So that's good. So what are some ways you would say you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone from living in the van? Uh, I mean, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be spiritual. I, th- I don't know. Anything. Yeah, I think uh, having done all of these things in my twenties, I was already used to a life of solitude whether that's, like, actual being alone. And, like, when I was a caretaker in a lodge, I'd, like, not see people for, like, I think it was 40 days. It was, wow. like, the longest. Um, that is We didn't have, like, because uh, it was, like, groups would come up, and I think it was, like, 41 days was, like, the longest a group hadn't come to the lodge. Uh-huh. Um, so I was, like, used to those things. Doing the homeless thing was, like, something that um, people saw as weird or, you know. But everyone always learned from the things I did after the fact and the ways I shared after the fact. So I kind of like believed in myself in that sense already. And the van was very much like that. Um, I think it was different to have nobody to ask questions to. So I just had to figure things out. So I, yeah, I Googled best car to build tiny home in. And then I build, I like Googled like best screw to drill through wood and metal and like yeah, found yeah. out yeah. and like went to home depot and asked questions and did research and tried things out and tested things and you know bought two types of screws and see which one i liked better and then you know just figured things out and i i did have uh somebody who was my boss in tahoe uh right after i'd gotten sick i like needed to find a job i could work while going to the hospital um and found this job at a marina uh, which I had just like found that marina on the internet and I like, called it and it was like well before it was like still snowing and stuff yeah, and called it and I was like uh he answers he's like down marina, like marina but we're closed like we're not opening for like months <laughs> I was like no I was like, like calling about a job uh and I think he's the type of guy his name's Rob great person uh yeah he's like family to me now too um but you see a mix between a dad and a <laughs> he's more like a, he's more just like straight up like a brother um but uh and jamie and jay snart too they're not like parental <laughs> figures to me they're like way more fun than that um, but uh yeah he kind of he he had been kind of an industrious person too he went to cal poly i believe um and like always said he went to school he went for business he's like i went to school to learn how to work more and so that's like his mentality is figuring things out and he had like uh 
worked in construction while working at this marina and then he had passed like the police academy but then decided like once he saw like that career path in life he just decided completely against it um and then he yeah had been working at the marina and kind of had been bugging the guy like hey when are you gonna sell it to me when are you gonna sell it to me when are you gonna sell it to me and just said work construction built like uh his own home or started to um and then finally the guy was like you want to buy it like after like and he was like well capable of like starting his own construction business or doing these things but he kept working at the marina because he enjoyed it but also like in his head like this was his ambition it was like mm-hmm. so i think he'd worked there like seven or eight years or something and then bought it um so he That's went cool. from being like That's i cool think story. like a deckhand yeah. type guy of just like to the owner. slinging boats <laughs> and paddle boards to owning the place wow. um and he'd built his own home so uh and he eventually gave me the loan to get the van because working in nonprofits, like you don't have a great There's income no history in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no uh but uh so he kind of was like i believe in you and like i'd worked for him the whole summer and like had known him uh, a couple of years before all of this went down but he very much uh like helped me with my worries because my worries were what if i screw this up um and he was like i like no one would be like oh no you've got it you've got it like you'd be like well what if you do <laughs> yeah and then because yeah. he like he was that way and we really got along working at the marina because i was always like he would be doing something i'd be like looking at his shoulder something would be broke i'd be like trying to fix it even though i had no business fixing it um but he really liked that and he taught me a lot and he's always been like that teacher type where he sees something that you could do better and like will challenge you on it but he also will see something that you might have like a pitfall or might struggle with and he'll still challenge you on it in a way that you can learn um and then he'll enable you to like do it so sounds like a good teacher yeah i was i was nervous about the van and i remember talking with him about like money and you know how i build it out and what i'm gonna do and it was that big window on the sliding door i was really nervous about putting in because this van didn't come with the sliding door windows or the back door windows uh-huh. um so no, I was like yeah the back door windows didn't know that. No. Yeah. Uh, i was like yeah i think i might be like a little nervous to do the windows and i'll just pay someone to do that and he's like well how much will it cost He's like, how much do the windows cost? And I was like, it's like $950 total for the three windows. He's like, how much is it going to cost to put them in? And I was like, probably like 2000 to 2500 Wow. Um, and he's like, why don't you do it yourself? And I was like, well, I don't know. I've never cut a hole in a van. I've never done that. And he goes, uh, have you like looked into how you do it and like how they do it? Because if you just do it how they do it, you just need to get a tool that's like 50 or 100 bucks or something. Um, and I was like, yeah, but well, like, what if it leaks? And he goes yeah what if it leaks what would you do and i was like well i'd fix the leak and he goes then why would you pay someone else to do it because they might do it and it might leak and then you'd have to fix the leak um and i was like okay good point so cut the whole small to start (laughs) Uh, and then went from there but like that was like that that was very much my introduction into like do it yourself um if something happens and you do something wrong you fix it Mm. um and there's like this is the first iteration of vans now i've done three but yeah, like it was like I'm very proud of this van, but this van saw like a couple versions of a lot of things. Um, what this, was the most base version of the van you ever the like, lived out of? The most base version yeah. of the van was ever, like, slept in. I put the floor in it. Well, the most base version I slept in was just like absolutely nothing. Yeah, like, uh, empty it. van. Yeah. yeah, I think I slept on the floor because I was filming a wedding in uh, Glacier. Um, yeah. And then I put the bamboo floor in, um, and then. Uh, had a hammock hanging in the back oh, from nice. some 
when the walls weren't up yet, there was just like some supports and some holes that I could hit carabiners into. And so I slept in a hammock in the back um, while I was like insulating it. And uh, I think I had my tent with me. So I slept in the tent still sometimes. Um, It's still just so crazy to hear though, like where you came from and building this van because we met you like this year early at the beginning of this year so like we met you very far into this journey mm-hmm. and like from what i know of you and your skill set i know you as someone who can build out a van like in a really badass way yeah so it's so <laughs> yeah. interesting to just like hear where you started where you started yeah. where you came from which yeah. is like ground zero of mm-hmm. yeah what screwed you yeah. yeah yeah oh i was so worried about it's like electric, like electrical too <laughs> oh, that yeah. was like googling just lots of Google. And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people don't, they think that you need to go to school for stuff and you do in a lot of scenarios to be certified for things. You do until Google came around. Yeah, and you YouTube. can. I think if you're a doctor, I still would like you to go to school. But I don't know. I bet there's some good YouTube videos. <laughs> well, I was talking to my brother who is a doctor and he's like, you could learn most of what I do. Um, but like, yeah, to do it well, to have like yeah. professionals yeah. showing you like, and there is a different, okay. So yeah, that's the other thing is there is a difference between these vans, how I learned and Googled and built versus if I was like a tradesman who like went and got an apprenticeship and then went to school and then like had a CNC machine and like knew how to do everything. Uh-huh. There's a difference in the cabinets. So I will say that. And yes, if you were to get surgery, there's probably a guy who'd be willing to like spend a few years on the internet looking into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would do a much different job cutting yeah. you open than uh, an actual doctor is. Yes. So we're not advocating that like you just like Google whatever the heck you want to do. Um, but it helps. But when it comes to a van, like you can learn all of these things and you can do it wrong. And if you screw up, it's not life or death because uh-huh. uh, you can fix it. Um, well, electrical is a lot less intimidating than I thought. I was like, I'm going to burn the place down and electrocute myself. And you might like shock yourself, but it's like a step, like it's not, no, you really got to screw it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, I think, uh, learning that, um, that was like, a a confidence thing that like helped develop more. Um, I've always been very, very confident when it comes to me doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I have not been the most socially confident person. Um, and I think that is one way that like, uh, with the rise of like other forms of media and ways that I was like kind of expected, like I said, you guys are a lot better at documenting. I didn't probably can like, you know, less than 20 posts I did that were like van posts, Mm -hmm. you know, during my time in the van. Um, but having all of a sudden been doing a different thing that I think was a lot more aesthetically comfortable and like visually comfortable and people could see themselves doing it uh like nobody was like uh seriously considering like you work at a group home people like oh that's cool but like they're known like that's not my path and it's not what I want to do and that looks hard and um I think going and doing the thing where I lived homeless like that did get a lot of people's attention people were like oh, I've always wanted to do that but it wasn't taken seriously so and there's like different conversations to have around those but the van is one where it's like people see them that in themselves a lot more and so it's created me it's like forced me to be more social and to talk about myself and my life more um and be vulnerable which I'd always like been 
vulnerable in the ways I know other people needed me to be um, and helpful in ways other people uh, needed me to be and I was very much like even in sports like team player and I looked like socially like I'll be the team player that people need me to be but I was was and still am in a way like very shelled in um, in how I share what I share and I think people think I'm like the most vulnerable person that's been a development with van life is like opening up but I'm still like a very private person in a lot of ways that I think people wouldn't see because they think they know everything about me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when I like started doing stuff with van life diaries and like getting to know the van culture more and, um, and the people more, and then started writing more and like getting jobs on the road, ghostwriting. And like, you had to be networking and talking and seeing people. And also I met a lot of really cool people who were a little bit more accepting of me and I didn't have to, like, defend myself. Um, and I'm pretty, like, you look at me and I look like every, like, I'm just, like, a very basic person um, from <laughs> the outside. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Katie. Your friend Katie told me, she's like, if I walked into a coffee shop, I would think you were probably just, like, a f- super average boring person. <laughs> uh, super average boring person. And she's like, but knowing you, you're not. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, I do very much just look like the guy who, like, doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, no one's like looking at me and being like, Oh, that guy's adventurous. He must be this or that. And, um, but it's, it's been interesting, like getting the attention that I didn't ask for and like getting asked to do podcasts about just like what I'm doing and, um, you know, writing on it. And (laughs) I got an award from my college for being like one of the young alumni, like some distinguished young alumni award. And it was like very flattering and cool, but it was also like, there's like some super rad people there. One like developed face recognition technology for doctors (laughs) to use on patients to see if they understood their treatment plan and what was going on. It was getting used in sales to see when people like stopped paying attention to the sales pitch. It was like, it was live face recognition and that's what that guy was doing. And then another one, uh, it was like, my head. It was a girl who was doing, like, set design on Broadway. And then it was a guy who's making vertical farms for urban environments in Arizona and food deserts and stuff. And then there was, like, me. (laughs) And I, like, had, like, done a lot of, like, really neat things. But none of them were my profession. And I was, like, I live in a van. But I think that's really really cool of your college, though, to recognize. It sounds like they're recognizing a bunch of different. Yeah. Like, not just what stemmed from going to college. Yeah, yeah, or not just what is seems normal or what most of society is doing. It's yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about people who just follow whatever. If you want to say follow your heart, follow your intuition, your gut, just some voice inside personal of you. Legends. Follow your personal yeah. legend. You want to go the alchemist route, <laughs> like just following that and running with it, whether it looks the same as what everyone else is doing. <laughs> Siri's trying to talk to me. Sorry, she's heard something you said. Whether it looks the same as what everyone else is doing, or whether it looks completely different, like I think that that is a huge accomplishment in life. Yeah, and I think uh, that for me comes from like early on in life, just seeing paths that I did and didn't want to take, and knowing that like you kind of really have to you can't go with the flow if the flow is like you know flow or you know apple from the tree is taking you to a place that you don't want to go and and then you have to like fight against that to be accepted by others but also accept yourself and then like 
I always just look at it as like when, you know, if you're like, hey, you want to go do this? And someone's like, no, I don't. Because why would you ever want to do that? Like, you don't argue it. You don't defend yourself. You don't explain anything. You just say, okay, cool. I'll tell you how it went. Mm-hmm. And, and then you leave and you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it was a mistake. And maybe it wasn't a mistake. But, and most of my things in life have not been a mistake. Uh, and But a lot of them have been proved in hindsight not to be. Um, mm-hmm. No one's like, that's a great idea. And I really believe in you, you know, right from the get-go. But now when I have an idea, like, I have this track record. And it's like, I am not any different of a person necessarily. But um, when you're older, when you're younger, people are like, oh, you just think you're some kid who knows it like knows what to do and you don't but you're not a 30 year old who knows what you do to do or 29 28 year old mm-hmm. or 50 year old who knows what to do mm-hmm. you're just someone with an idea but when you have proven your idea is like true enough times and and have actually followed through um that's you know like you've gained that confidence in yourself and i think at, like my confidence came as a kid of just being like i want to see what i can do i want to see you know how far I can ride my bike today and then mm-hmm. get back and then you're like oh my gosh I rode my like BMX bike like 70 miles <laughs> didn't think I could do that and so like those are the ways I built my confidence where do you think that came from that motivation to explore that I think just not yeah, it feels like you're always like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone where people I feel like find try to find confidence by just staying in their comfort zones yeah I honestly don't know like where it came from I think it just uh having grown up in like a little bit of a rougher situation in certain aspects um and like but I was also a very respectful kid I didn't rebel I didn't do anything to get attention because I didn't like just I was a third kid like I also like grew up in like a conservative you know esque like environment and culture in the part of Michigan I was in so it's like you don't do things I just wasn't and I'm not that type of person either I don't think who uh and I don't think it's wrong to like try out for help or to do things to get attention at all I think that's just a way to you know say like I need to be cared about I need to be loved or I need something to change my life but for me I was very like internal with all of that so if I wanted to see I could do something or if I didn't think I could do something or I was told I couldn't do something or if there was a, a hint of doubt towards something, I wouldn't, like, say anything about it. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, well, I know what I'm going to go do. I'm, I have to know. That. I have to know. And it wasn't necessarily a conquering thing, mm-hmm. but it was like a, I need to know that I'm strong enough that whatever's thrown at me, I don't need to take the easy way out. I don't need to do what's the most likely thing. Um, cause I knew like, you know, if you don't challenge everything, that's very dangerous to, to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you are angry and you respond in that anger in the way that you want to, it will not help your life. It will not help other people's lives. So a lot of like all of this kind of like chip on my shoulder type decision-making was based out of like kind of an angry kid who just looked very happy on the outside. Um, and was expected to kind of be you know fit that mold but inside I was like very on fire um, and wanted to see what I could do and I've always focused on it as a potential thing of like you have potential to go one way or the other and I kind of knew myself I was like I don't think I'm gonna like stay stagnant in the middle like I know that's what like 
like I, I look like apparently. If you walk in the bathroom, <laughs> I look like someone who stayed in the middle. Um, but I knew like I knew how angry and frustrated I was on the inside, and I was like, "There's two ways this is gonna go. One, it's gonna push me to go in a good direction, and two, two, it's gonna push me to go in a bad direction. I know it takes most people in a bad direction, so I really need to like focus up and see what I can do." Um, but then it like started making things like more casual. It's like, oh yeah, you can just like ride your bike 70 miles as like a little kid. You know, <laughs> you don't need to ask for permission to do that. Um, mom might be pissed when you get home, but that you did that. It's always easier than uh, for But then you like start seeing like, oh, there's a lot of stuff within, you know, 35 miles around me that I can just go do. So I remember <laughs> like, I was like 12 and I was like, I want to go bowling today. So I like went and <laughs> did that. And then I just realized like, oh, I have autonomy over my life. I don't need a car ride to go somewhere. I don't uh-huh. need mm. permission. I just go do these things and like I wasn't getting in trouble so it's not like anybody's gonna stop me from doing these things and um and then that attitude helped with sports I was a small kid and like uh I think you know not high expectations there but then it was like no one can stop me from practicing for four hours a day by Mm -hmm. myself no one can stop me from doing these things and so I started to do those and I saw success come from like those type of things and that's the attitude I've taken into vans you know vans to me i think for some people it seems like such a like out there thing but to me it's just like this is just another aspect that i can like figure out and Mm -hmm. do um and still like sometimes when people ask me about fears i'm like what's the thing that like people are supposed to be afraid of (laughs) so i can talk about that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was like i wasn't afraid of the windows but i was like well if i need to be nervous about something maybe like i cut too big a hole and then i have this big hole and i was like well they need to learn how to like weld or something um (laughs) But in, the, in the, those aspects, like, there's a lot more to be worried about in life. Um, and I think, too, like, worst case scenario has never, like, worst case scenario, like, when I was sick or, you know, multiple times in my life has been, like, death. Like, that's the worst case mm-hmm. scenario. And it's, it's going to happen. And it's, like, not unlikely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then I've been put in situations where it's like, well, maybe it happens super early. So it's like van like yeah i'm gonna stress out about things like anybody but uh not the biggest thing in the world and having worked in nonprofits too and like uh and now we're all in like creative careers i do photography and writing and video work and outdoor stuff and but people are like a lot of my peers a lot of times and i get it it's hard to have your own business and stuff but people are like oh it's so hard to do this it's so hard to do this and it's like have you seen a social worker in their life have you seen a teacher go do what they do like these are not hard careers we're compensated super well and we get to do rad things if you want a hard job go work at a group home like so that's Mm -hmm. that's also my base of comfort is from very very actual realistic uncomfortable things so when it comes to the van like not that uncomfortable fun yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, this is fun and there are stressful parts and i've definitely like shed tears in the van like wondering you know how i'm gonna make it work but then you do um, and if you make a mistake, it's not like a kid's life mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. hangs in the balance. It's like a couple extra thousand dollars. Yeah. So it really keeps things in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Ayla came back soaking wet. Ayla <laughs> left us and has just come back. And she is wet. soaking wet. <laughs> so that's great. Okay. Um, we are next to some lakes, though. So that oh, makes sense. yeah, that's probably. But I don't yeah, think she went that far, but, quick. you know. To continue listening to this conversation, Check out part two of the Campfire Chats with Travis Wild on the Untitled Van Life Project podcast.